two, two and then the three, three and then the four, then you gotta breathe. One and then the two, two and then the three, three and then the four, then you gotta breathe. Then you gotta, then you gotta. Yo, these niggas can't breathe when I come through. Hum to some shoes, gotta be twenty man. It's not even funny they can't. What's going on? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain. I am the leader. I am the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy Christian coming back again to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida in the good old U.S. of A. I know, I know, I know. Your boy's a few day, a lot of days late on this episode of the podcast. However, I feel like it is still relevant seeing how it's still a post-match review with somebody that was actually at the match. So, it's still going to be relevant. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy checking in with you. Um, so, I apologize first and foremost to coming to you late with this episode of the podcast, which will be the Manchester United review. Um, I, even though I recorded it on Tuesday... I had a lot, a lot of, like, I was tied up. I was busy for the last two days um, with work and stuff. And it was my wife and I's anniversary. So I got held up um, with just my personal life. But I still have to put this podcast out here, out there for you. And I think there's a lot of things within this podcast that's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, the episode is with my homie, my brother, my little brother, Josh Banks, who is the very first person to ever appear on this podcast, who is the very first person to ever fly out from his hometown to come and see me in person. And he's also going to, you know, he's the very first person to appear on uh, the very first post-match review of this season, of the official season. So... I'm I'm happy to have him on, and the thing that makes this post-match review a little bit special outside of the other post-match review is that he was actually at the match. He was actually at the game. So he, I asked him questions, not necessarily based off of what we saw on television, not necessarily based off of what we've heard from people, whoever that might be, whether it's the media or your other podcast that you listen to or whatever, whatever, YouTube channels, whatever. I asked him questions from the perspective that he was actually there at Old Trafford. So he's going to be able to provide insight that I think a lot of other people won't be able to provide seeing how he was actually there. I mean, unless you were there, if you're getting your post-match reviews from actually somebody who was there, then whatever. So, yes, even though I banked this one, even though I, I held on to it a little bit, it's still going to be relevant. Um, so that's that. Guys, I'm going to keep the intro short. I'll talk to you guys on the back end of the podcast. But um, here it is. Me and the homie Josh Banks, we, are t we recorded on 
Tuesday, so it was going to be leading into the Liverpool match, which I will be doing a post-match review on that and releasing my thoughts. Not necessarily a review, just releasing my thoughts in general on the match. So enjoy uh, this episode with Josh Banks, a.k.a. Rogue One, a.k.a. my little brother. Um, You guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, I'll talk to you guys at the end of the podcast. Please welcome Josh Banks. What's going on, everybody? I'm here with a very special man. You guys know that I said that August was the month to have uh, my boys, my family on. And here's another member of the family on the show. uh, And that is Joshua, a.k.a. Rogue One Banks. Um, I specifically wanted him on this episode. One, because it's the first game of the season. Two, he Josh has the very special um, designation. He holds the very special honor of being my absolute very first guest on the podcast. And three, he was actually at the match. So I wanted him, I wanted to speak to Josh to be able to get his perspective. So Josh... Talk to me. Let's let's do this, brother. Let's do this. Let's do this painful, painful, painful <laughs> therapy. Let's yeah. do this. So before we get into the actual match, talk to me about you. You've yeah. been to a thousand matches. Talk to me about yeah. what was the energy? What was the vibe going into old tra- old Trafford, aka old toilet, <laughs> known to some? Give me the <laughs> energy. Give me the vibe. Oh, I mean, right, you know, stay away from these, you know, absolute dickheads who are going to try to, like, start on me, get into the ground, and then from there, just let it rip. Um, So, I mean, yeah, obviously, for me, whenever I go to a match, I really, like, I get excited, but for me, it's always, like, that classic thing of just, like, kind of punching your ticket and walking through the turnstile and just walking onto the concourse. That sort of thing, like, when all the Chelsea fans are singing, you know, like, that. that's what really gets me going. I mean, like, the atmosphere before the game and during the game as well. Like, I, I will applaud every single Chelsea fan there because I know for me, myself, I lost my voice by the 25th minute. <laughs> um, I, ima- I imagine others did as well, but the atmosphere on... Sunday was f- fucking impeccable. Even even at four nil down, we were still singing. That's amazing. So, That's the stuff I mean, that I like to hear. Now let me ask you another question. Yeah. You went. You were at. Okay. Um. You were there last year at Wolves at home at the Bridge. Um. Yes. Well, but no. Then again, you've said a thousand times that the away supporters and the home supporters it's kind of different you know what i'm saying like it's kind of yeah it's so much different it feels different so i was right yeah i was gonna ask you like what what what, what, describe the difference but it's you can't compare oh well i mean the difference for me really i prefer going to away games because it's like i don't know i just feel like like wherever I'm headed to, like usually like the majority of the trips are going up north. So like getting on the train or wherever, like at Houston or somewhere, getting on the train, you know, it's pro- it's packed with Chelsea fans usually. Get on the train, sit down, you know, pre-match buzz is building. 
you get to the city, you get to the you know pub, you hang out there for a few hours, go to the go to the stadium. And I mean, for me, the away games are special because the atmosphere, like, it's insane. Because when you think about it, it's it's Chelsea fans and they're all singing. But what's so cool about it is it's like it's Chelsea, but we're out like it's three thousand of us and we're out singing like you know fifty thousand other people. That's that's gotta Which feel amazing. I'll, yeah, like I mean, like I've you know, like at Old Trafford, you know, they when the when the players were walking out, um, like you know, the Stratford end all started singing like the some stupid United chant or whatever, and like from where I was sitting, we silenced them. It was so loud. Damn. So. All right. So. Yeah. All right. So, p- put me. Where were you sitting? Uh, were you sitting on uh, d- during the first half? Were you sitting behind Keppa or towards uh, facing Keppa? Oh, uh, from the first, first half. half um, the away. The away ended Old Trafford. So they. they uh, we were in a corner, I believe. So, um, I was behind Keppa first half. We okay. were attacking the opposite. Okay, okay, okay. So now I understand. All right, so now I can ask you. Now I can know where to go with, with my questions. All right. So, every, like everybody saw, the first 15 minutes of play, we looked right in there. We looked we looked dominant. Um, I, th- I believe we were yeah. dominant. During that 15 minute of play, when I saw, what I saw on TV was that we looked dominant. What did you see being there? I mean, for me, like, the first 15 minutes, like, I just felt it wasn't a feeling in, in the away end. It, for me, at least, it wasn't a feeling of, like, will we score? It's when is the goal coming? Like, mm. when Tammy Abraham hit the post <gasps> a few minutes in, I was... Because <laughs> I... I thought that I thought that was in. Like I was, I was literally, I jumped a row down because I thought it was in. But like, oh man, um, like, I mean, that just that first fifteen minute spell, we we were all over them, you know. Yeah. And really, I mean, even the first half. Just, I mean, call it the first half. Because like, yeah, I mean, when when we were bri- like, the thing is. They'd give the ball, but then they'd just give away cheap possession because they they just didn't seem to be able to handle us. Yeah. And there were definitely massive nerves on their end in the beginning. But, I mean, the place was silent. You could hear, like, from the home support at least, you could hear a pin drop because they, they, they I know for a fact. They were know, shitting bricks. The yeah, they were shitting bricks because as soon as we, you know, as soon as we hit the post there, I was like, Jesus, you know, we're playing and we're playing really well here. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it, it, for to summarize overall, it was just a feeling of not will we score, it's when will we score. Yeah. Yeah, I so. felt the same thing too. I felt like we were we were going to kick their ass. I I honestly felt like it was it was our day. The oh. way that guys like Mason Mount was playing um uh, Mason Mount, you had Emerson balling, but early on though we did see we did. I already saw Zuma, um, already kind of like he looked nervous. You already saw yeah. Barkley. I, I don't know what the hell happened. This guy was the preseason MVP. 
The preseason ended what a oh. week ago. Yeah. Where the hell was that guy? I didn't think it helped because I think he was playing on the left the majority of the time. And I think he's a lot better through the middle when he has space. But, I mean, Barkley was pretty poor, to be honest. The thing the thing that really annoyed me as well is that there was this chance where Barkley was 1v1 with Wambasaka. He shifted it to the left and De Gea saved. I was just thinking to myself, if that's Hudson Adoy right there... That's a goal. Like, I don't, I don't remember... I don't remember if we were 1-0 down at the point, but... Regardless, if that's Hudson Adoy, that's back in the net, and we're either one nil up or we're, we just equalized, and the game has shifted in our favor. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, the killer. The killer for the first half was Zuma's fuck up because, like, other than that, I like. I think United maybe had like one more shot in the first half, but United were terrible in the first half. Well, okay, like, they were very bad. We could have, in my opinion, we we should have been up like. Two three nil at halftime. I think we should have been up. I personally counted. It, I mean, it happens. You hit the post. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily count that amongst. Like in my mind, like the way I categorize something like that is like not necessarily a miss, but more so like it, it, it's not the same as when uh, Pedro in the first half. He's on a run. He can he can continue the play along. And he decides to try to curl it around David De Gea from like 25 yards out. And it goes into the stands. I'm like, what the? F- that's not that's not a chance. What the fuck was that? Like, bro, like you got to continue the play. We won't. We'll get into Pedro. We'll get into Pedro. We'll get into Pedro. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How? Yeah. When Zuma, when Zuma, and this was in front of you, when Zuma made the mistake, was it? From your perspective, did he have to do that? Was he out of options? What? Why, why did he commit that um, foul? Well, from where I was sat, to be perfectly honest with you, and a lot of other people felt this, at the time, I thought it was a dive. And I honestly thought Zuma won the ball, but obviously looking back, it was a poor challenge from Zuma. Yeah. So at the time, I was very, I was very pissed off at Anthony Taylor. But, I mean... Looking back, it's obviously like it's it was obviously a, good call. a foul. Like it's, yeah. it's a blatant, it's a blatant penalty. He didn't do anything wrong there. Um, but I mean, I, looking at it, I, I think it was Martial. He fouled. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I was I was either yeah. Martial or Rash. Martial anyway, yeah. What I saw, what I saw was Martial. I believe it was Martial cutting in to have a shot and i was just thinking zuma's body position was all wrong because Mm. zuma was kind of the way he was shaped he was kind of like he was too far off he didn't he didn't get close enough because if zuma gets close enough zuma then forces him to go outside on his weaker left foot and if that's the case and marcial tries to outpace him two things will happen Zuma will body him and then win the ball and clear it out. Mm. And the penalty is avoided. So I think it's all, it could have easily been like avoided if Zuma corrected his positioning. Well, you also said and something it, too. Was, you, you mentioned yeah. something and I, I don't want to cut you off for your next point. Hold, like keep right. it in mind. But you mentioned something about him closing uh, Martial out. I noticed in the preseason, he was having trouble with that too. He wasn't 
closing yeah. out, closing down on the attackers quick enough. Um, I I hope this isn't a trend. I hope this is maybe just preseason jitters. His his uh his stamina is not up. I'm hoping it's something along the lines of I'm trying to conserve energy here. I got a lot of a match to play. Um, I, I'm hoping it's a lot of those things as opposed to he's not recognizing that he needs to close down these players. I'm hoping it's along those lines because if he's not recognizing he needs to close down these players, we're, we have a problem. We have a big problem because you can correct your yeah, match fitness. I mean, that's going to come with time. That's going to have a couple of games. Yeah, he's yeah, going to have enough lungs to, 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 to push hard the whole 90. But if you're not recognizing that there's an issue, we, we, we have a big problem. Yeah, the thing for me is that, you know, I, I, everyone that has played football since a kid and has had at least one proper coach in their life, when you're learning how to defend, the coach is always telling you, touch tight, touch tight. So, like, explain that. Explain what that is. Because well, so I don't know tight, that. Right? I, don't, I, I taught myself how to play. Like, I don't know how. To, I, I've never been coached. Well, I mean, touch the term, the term touch tight. So, like, if you're a center back in that case, when Martial's receiving the ball, your hand is on his back and your knee is like touching his quad. Like you're literally, you're attached to him. Mm. Like that's how close you should be. So like you can win the ball first of all when he receives it. But like, and then when, when he's shaping to shoot, you have to close down the angle to shoot and then just force him wide. And force him onto his weaker left foot. Because even if he gets the shot away left foot, it's a very high percent chance that Keppa will save. Because mm. A, it's a narrower angle. And B, it's his left foot. It's his weaker foot. So the shot isn't going to be as good as his right. So, mm. I mean, when he when he cut back like that Zuma, like, uh, like Zuma just... Obviously, Martial read that he could cut back on Zuma because Zuma wasn't t- tight enough to him. But if Zuma forces the angle then that whole situation would have been avoided. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to have to re. I've already seen the, I, I obviously I saw the match live and then I've seen the first half yeah. back. I'll, now with this information, I want to watch at least that play again to see what, what happened there. Because like I said, if it's yeah. him not recognizing that, that he needs to get, he needs to close down the player. Then we have a huge problem. Um, so obviously Martial, Kazuma gives away the penalty, Martial, uh, scores it. Um, and now we're down one zero and it's early in the first half. Like it's like 20 minutes in somewhere around there. It's either, you know, 18 or 22, whatever the number is. You guys understand we were down one zero. Even after that, I didn't feel like we were out of the match. I felt like it was still zero zero. I I didn't feel like it was still zero zero, but I definitely felt like, like, fuck me, like when Emerson hit the bar, it was like, oh, here we go again. It's gonna be one of those. To, what do we have to? What do we have to do to score? Sort of thing. Because I mean, like, it was just one of those where it was like, I just thought, you know, it was like I, when halftime went and it was one nil United, I was like. How are we down one nil? Because even with the penalty, we should have been up like two one, three one. Yeah, you know. I mean, we, we had, had the Tammy mid, the Tammy hitting the bar, 
Emerson hitting yeah. the bar. You had the cross where who 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 was in the middle? You had Tammy was the second guy, but the Tammy first, in the middle. Yeah. Who was the first I, I, one on I it? I didn't see clearly that, but all I know is, is that I don't. Th- I think someone made. I think Aspie for the first time in his life made, made a very a cross. good cross. Yeah, and yeah, it was right across the six yard box, and I don't think Tammy attacked it. Attacked it, but if he had attacked it, it would have been. It was a goal. Yeah, it was just, a goal. It, it, it was a tap in. golden, golden opportunity. Yeah, and and so. and, the, and the thing with that play was. The first man, okay, so Aspie made the the golden cross, the only one that he's had so far that I can think of. I mean, to be fair to Aspie, he's had four crosses for goal with Morata. Uh, but, I yeah. mean, who know, I, I don't remember those being, uh, you know, I don't remember if those were Aspie's crosses or Morata making the best out of a situation. Who, who knows? Who knows? Not a name that I want to keep yeah. talking I mean, about on the show. Yeah. In terms of that, I mean, for me, Aspilicueta, in those kinds of situations, he was good at crossing because he had time. So he could kind of like like roll the ball out from under his feet, get his head up, and whip it in. Whereas if you're playing it right back, 90% of the crosses you're going to have, they're going to have to be hit first time at this level. Yeah. Or else they're just not going to be effective. You you and gotta put Aspie it on the, Aspie on the on the run does not have the technical ability to do that. Yes, yes, you're a hundred percent right because every cross that he had into Morata, even the cross against against United, he was by the flag with time and space where he could get his head up, yeah. he could see, and he put in a cross. I mean, hell, uh, you call it cross. I mean, we all in that situation. We also call it, we can call it him hitting the ball really hard, which any Premier League player can do, really hard, really fast, really low, in hopes that somebody comes up on the other end of it. I mean, that, essentially, that's what he did. Uh, I, I expect anybody in the Premier League to be able to do that. I expect kids in the academy to be able to do that in that situation. Yeah. I think I think a positive for this game, um, one major positive, and this is just the way that my brain works, we saw a lot of players, Aspie, Pedro, Barkley was sniffing. Barkley, Zuma are very much sniffing this this title of players that should not be in the starting eleven. Um yeah. Zuma and Barkley, I'm willing to give them a small benefit of the doubt, especially Zuma more than Barkley. But Aspie and Pedro, uh, Pedro's 100% should not be in the starting 11. Aspie is getting, Aspie is about, I'll give him 75% that should not be in the starting 11 as playing a right back. Um, who knows if he goes back to left back, who knows if he plays center back. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about him playing right back. He's 75% in my opinion, does not need to be playing right back. Um, that's a positive for me. For me. Yeah. For me, as soon as, as soon as Reese James is fit, Aspie, you're done out here. What the hell? So Aspie. Sayonara. Yeah, I mean, we Reece hope James so. Is fully fit. We hope so. And I mean, you had uh, you had Frank Lampard after the match bringing up, oh, take 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 the fact of who, what, where, when, or why of Reese James, uh, what he did last year, and just take it on face value. You had 
the manager speaking about an 18-year-old. Reese James is 18, 19? Yep, around that, yep. 18, 19 years old. Talking about him coming back to play over a 29-year-old player. That's what that's what happened. That's what I heard at the end of the match. I didn't hear him talking about Aspie. I didn't yeah. hear him talking about Reese James. I heard him bring up by name an 18-year-old kid, 19-year-old kid to overtake the position to of a 29-year-old player, a seasoned player, the captain of our team. That's what I heard. Yeah. So so I mean, I mean, before anyone slates me for that comment, well, hold I'm on, you, say you, you broke up. So we can move on. you broke up. Repeat. Oh, really? Can you yeah. hear me? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Just repeat what you just so, said. So I mean, for any for anyone right saying questioning why I'm saying Aspie's not a captain, we have had some captains in our day, and specifically when I think of a captain, obviously as a Chelsea fan, I'm going to think of John Terry. Yep. With John Terry at the at the back, would John Terry let us drop ass and let us just take these defeats like four nil? Like once we went down two nil, where is the professional pride from Aspie to say, "Okay, guys, it, we we just can't let it get any worse than this. We have to try to score. We have to try to get something from this game. We cannot see another goal." Oh wait, seventeen seconds after the after it goes two nil, whose fucking fault is it for the third goal? His. His. 100% his. 100% so, his. He was at fault for the second goal as well. He was at fault for two goals. 100% his. So it's like... It's like... He's he's not my captain. You know, under him we've had 6-0 to Man City. You know, embarrassing defeat after embarrassing defeat. Really, I'd honestly give the captaincy to... Probably... You know, Jorginho, someone I, I, I'd give yeah, it to Jorginho. Someone, someone, someone. Yeah. I mean, Jorginho has a very fiery personality on the he pitch. Played, I, I think he's a definite leader as well. I, I thought I, Jorginho was outstanding on Sunday. He, I could see it from my living room. Jorginho played his ass off on Sunday. Uh, from the first to the last whistle, he played his ass off. Well, shit. He came out for yeah. Angolo Conte, which, um yeah we can get into it uh so let's take it back a little bit so the first half ends i believe it, the boys are playing like it's still zero zero um not necessarily that's what it actually was but i believe that we were still in the game as if it was zero zero um but we're down one zero. Second half starts same starting 11 no changes were made and uh up until I thought it was Christian Pulisic that this happened under, but it was really uh, Giroud when it was still 1-0. When Pedro is on a breakaway, um, he not nah, I wouldn't say a breakaway. He gained some space. He's coming. He's coming towards goal very fast, and he's met by what was it two to three? This happened. In, this happened facing you, Josh. So. Yeah, two, two. What was it? Two to three players. United players with Giroud. Literally wide open on Pedro's left, 
And the best part about it is I believe he saw him. I 100% believe he saw him. Josh, you tell me. You were there. Um, did he? Did, you, I were, don't, you were there. You Tell me. Um, tell me. What did you see? You were there. I mean, for when when Pedro was doing that, obviously. I mean, Giroud was free. Now, whether Giroud scores or not, that's another question. That's another question. I mean, and we'll never know the answer to that. He, that's another question. He, you know, there there is a... From where he is, there is probably about a 40% chance of him scoring. And that is a hell of a lot higher than the chance that Pedro had. Yes. So obviously, this decision, the correct decision from Pedro would have been to pass. Yes. But, you know, this is the Spanish roadrunner. He's incapable of doing that. So <laughs> That's a great, great, I great title. Oh, my God. No, it's just like he... And it's another thing, like, I'll go back to, like, something you're taught when you're first taught to dribble. I think Pedro, you know, you know, when he's dribbling, if he's going in the right right direction, first of all, when he's dribbling, he's okay. He He's not good at beating a man, but, like, when he's dribbling in space, he's all right. The problem is, like, he's good at keeping it close to him. The problem is you're taught to dribble with your head up. Pedro's looking... The, like, there's no... I, like I don't think he actually saw Giroud because I think when he's dribbling, I think he's just concentrated on keeping the ball, and it's like mm. that's just got to be muscle memory. That's got to be muscle memory to know where the ball is, sort of thing. Like obviously you have it in your peripheral vision, so you'll still obviously be able to see where it is, but you got to keep your head up and you got to keep your head on a swivel. So, I mean, you don't think he, from your from vantage Pedro, point, was, you don't think Pedro saw Giroud? I mean, uh, from my vantage point, to be perfectly honest with you, when you're when you're watching a game and when you're at the game stadium watching a game, you're kind of watching it as a from a way different perspective than you watch it from at home. Mm-hmm. So, like earlier on, you mentioned like you know when Pedro had that poor shot and it went over the bar in the first half. For me, I was applauding him for that because I thought, mm. okay, he's taking a shot. And I, I didn't even see the other option, you know what I mean, uh, until I watched the highlights back. Like, okay. Like, I didn't – like, that sort of thing. Like, I'm – so I'm usually just kind of paying attention, like, to the ball. So, like, if I go to a game, I usually have to watch the highlights back again to, like, get a full grasp. Unless I'm sitting at, like, you know, the halfway line. But mm. – um, Well, that's why I, mean, I wanted to ask you because – I know from yeah. obviously for at home you get the best camera angles. So for me, right, right, yeah. it was going to see the pass. Yeah, he was to clear. Me, just, it was a clear pass. He's right there. But you know, to again, to be fair, to be fair to to everyone involved, you're there. You could see. You would have a better uh, advantage point than I would to see if he could actually see him. How do I know that it? You know. The way that Maguire or Lindelof was closing down Pedro kind of legit blocked his view that he couldn't see. I don't know that. You know that. You or you you could know that by being there. So yeah. I, I, that's why I asked you, like, right. you know, like, could you see him? Because I'm on. I'm going on record to say he knew he was there, but he wanted to have the biggest balls on the field, and he wanted to shoot and try to take on two guys to 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 try to fill Eden Hazard's boots and he chose not to pass it to Giroud. However, I say that not knowing if he actually could see him. Yeah. 
For me, I don't think he saw Giroud because I think Giroud okay. was frantically calling for it, and I think I just saw Pedro's head down at that okay. time. So he like he he might have seen him at an earlier point, but the gap wouldn't have been open, sort of. Okay. Thing. Okay. So like the gap, the gap probably opened up at the wrong time. You know what I mean? Got you. Got you. Got you. For the uh, pass. Yeah. All right. So I mean, the second goal. I don't even. I don't even remember what the second goal was. It was was it Pogba? Did he no, kick? it was Martial. I mean, from what I remember, it was like we yeah, were co- starting right. to commit more men forward. Obviously, that's as we were right. pushing for an equalizer. Yeah, and United scored on the counter. So I mean, yeah, that's right. That's right. I think it was very very good play down the right hand side. I forget who it was from. The ball the ball is whipped in, and Martial beats Aspilicueta to the ball, and that's it's two right. 0 yeah, so, and it was inside the box. It was it was across. It was really close to the to the goal line. It wasn't like a blast from from a mile away. It was. I remember. I remember. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that was just. It was like. How is how is Aspie not letting letting Martial beat him off the ball when he's behind him, that sort of thing. It was just, it was, it was like, and I knew when the second goal went in, that was game over. Yeah. Because this team is not, you know, it's they're not miracle workers. They're not going to come back from 2-0 down, you know, away at Old Trafford. Yeah. Maybe, maybe by chance of luck, we get a 2-2 draw, but the chance of winning is over. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, when it went 2-0, I was thinking, uh, you know, this is this is a loss right now. So let's just, let's just you know, try to get one back for to say we got a goal. Yeah. And, you know, 2-1 defeat opening day. It's 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 not embarrassing. It's it's not a disaster. It's 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 a result that's semi respectable. Yeah. Um, and that's what you were thinking 2-0 down. Let me know what you were yeah. thinking when what? 45 seconds later? 17. 17 Literally. seconds later, you see Aspie um God knows where, doing God knows what, losing the ball. Uh, losing the ball what? Maybe like 2 inches away from De Gea. I'm exaggerating. I know he was further than that. I know. Everybody chill out. I know he was further than that, but I need to make a joke here. He was two inches away from De Gea, loses the ball, and now you have, was it Rashford? Was it Rashford coming down yeah, I mean, at 300 Aspie, miles an hour? I believe Aspie lost the ball. I believe Aspie lost the ball, and he just didn't get back into position quickly enough. And then Couldn't. The, the, like, you could have driven a fucking bus with the gap between Christensen and Aspie. And I mean, it's Aspie versus Rashford. Like, Rashford's gonna shred him for days. So I mean, it was once, once Rashford was racing through. I was thinking, and it, once Rashford was racing through, and he obviously stuck it in the bottom corner, three 0 I'm thinking, all right, fuck this, you know. Yep. But like, I it, it was just one of those where it was like your head slumps, sort of thing. Fucking hell! So I was just, you know, it, it was, yeah, it was just a, you know, um, it was, it was just like, you know, the, it was shitty. It was a shitty yeah, feeling. Getting cold water, yeah, cold water dumped on you on like thirty degree day. Yep. 
and so then that's fair. That's Fahrenheit for the UK listeners, by the way, not <laughs> Celsius. That's that's hot. <laughs> and yeah, and then you had another, uh, uh, and then you had Polk Pogba. I don't. I don't. It was. I don't even remember. Like it was like the ball pinged around a little bit, and then Pogba ended up with it. Um, comes down and passes it off to a kid who just came in, and and I just want to take a split second. If you guys don't know the story of this kid, uh, that came in for United at the end, towards the end of the game, um, I, I would encourage you guys. That, yes, I know that for United. Yes, I know it's a, a a rival, and fuck them. And yes, I'm with you. Fuck them. But sometimes there's moments in sports that are bigger than the rivalry. And the story of this kid is pretty cool. Um, if I'm not mistaken, a relative of his passed away like a week before. Like I think it was his dad or his grandfather, something yeah. like that. And he ends up scoring a goal um, in, in, in honoring his father, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, shit like that. Like, it's, it's why we love sports. Yes, it's United. Fuck them. Yes, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I get mean, it. I get it. Uh, obviously, but obviously come on, it's man. cool to do that, but. All I'm gonna all I'm gonna say in terms of that sort of situation, he's scoring a goal on opening day when there's thirty seven games left. Now, our certain, you know, special super Frankie Lampard, best player to ever play for this club, did something very similar. Extremely in similar. Much higher pressure circumstances. Yep. So yep. I mean Yep. Like if uh, if we can all remember, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's oh seven, oh eight season. Liverpool in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, I want to say. And Frank scores the penalty to put us 3-2 up, and obviously we go through. But, I mean, I I remember watching that, thinking, because obviously Frank Lampard ran to the corner flag and just kind of sulked and started crying. Like, yep. Yep. That, that must be insane. I like, can't I can't imagine that. I mean, no. you know, uh, for those who don't know, Frank Lampard, uh, lost his mom. Um, she passed away. What was it, Josh? Like, bo- like the, the same story, like the week before the I match think, or I something think, yeah, like maybe a, yeah, a maybe week a before week. the match. Um, and, and I think the guys even played it, like the guys played a match um, like the day after and Frank wasn't there. And uh, I, re- I distinctly remember Drogba scoring and dedicating a goal to uh, to Terry Lampard, Frank's Frank's mom. Um, and then Frank joined the team the very, uh, the very next match and ends up scoring, um, and dedicating that goal to his mom. So whatever. I mean, like there's a human side to the game that that's also beautiful. Uh, just, you know, just the same in my opinion. So, um, all right. So yeah, we lost four zero and you know, the media starts immediately right away, right away after the match. Oh, Frank Lampard over his head. Um, but I personally, yeah, we lost 4-0, but there were four mistakes that cost the goal. I mean, that's what happens at this level of the, of the game. Um, four mistakes can absolutely lead to four goals. But overall, I don't feel like we were we were four goals worse than United. I really don't. Do you feel like that after the match? Being yeah. There? Uh, well, obviously it was eh, like, 
I don't know. I don't think you know this, Christian, but obviously you've you've met my good friend Ben, and he was on my podcast before. Oh and shit! Josh plugging the podcast, ben was, ben, the Fulham Road ben podcast. Ben, yeah, uh, I had to do that shameless plug. Sorry, people, but um, <laughs> uh, like he, so the incentive was he for us when we found out this game was on opening day for us to both go to this game. So he was there as well, and he was sitting in the home end. And after the game, we were just, I forget, I think we were walking to dinner or something. Obviously, I was pissed off or, and whatnot, and he was obviously ecstatic. But, I mean, we were talking, and, you know, he, he said for himself, it was the weirdest 4-0 he had ever seen in his life. Like, how how is a team, how, how for us, you know, that was, you know, dominant for 45 minutes debatably 60 mm-hmm. and then like how do we lose four nil and when you look back and like you look at the stats as well this is why you know i'm like a firm believer in stats help a lot of the times yes but they don't always pick the full picture because i mean we have possession more shots more shots on goal like every single stat went pretty much in our favor and we lost four nil yeah. So I mean, it, it was, was a strange it was game, the, man. It was probably the weirdest. Yeah, it was the one of the weirdest four nils I have ever seen. Like, usually when you think four nil, you just think, you know, the other team maybe has one to two chances, but other than that, you were just dominant the whole game. It was a weird, and weird, weird game, just, man. It was not at all. It and was... funnily enough, you know, United were very clinical for a team that I usually don't think is that clinical. Like I think Martial, I think he's usually a pretty clinical player, but for someone like Rashford, when he was throwing that one-on-one, like I was actually kind of surprised that he scored that because that's the kind of thing that he usually struggles with. So, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a great result for United and, you know, obviously it's going to give them a ton of confidence. But the message I would say, like, in how I felt coming out of that game was, like, I didn't felt like we lost 4-0. Like, but, like, I felt like, obviously, we lost. But it was one of those where it was, like, and obviously as a fan, it's one of those things where it's, like, I can accept us losing if I've seen a very, like, good performance on the fact that we've lost. So, like... Obviously, I don't want to accept the 4-0 because it's, you know, it's a 4-0 defeat. But there are sides of me where it's like, yeah, but I mean, there are actually a, quite a fair a few positives out of this game as well. Oh, Obviously, I mean, there's there a ton of, there's a, t- there, there's, there's a lot of negatives, but there's a lot of positives equally as many positives, yeah. if not more. I mean, let's get into them. Yes, we lost 4-0. Uh, as Josh says, I agree. I don't believe that we were that we were blown off the field. And I also don't believe that United was so superior and they were just letting us quote unquote gas ourselves out or or, you know, play ourselves to. And then when they saw an opportunity, they just stepped on the gas and and, and put their boots on our throats. I don't believe that either. Um, But negatives. Pedro, he cannot be in the starting eleven anymore. Uh, Colin Hudson Odoi gets back. Even hell, even William gets back. I need that guy not playing um, starting eleven. I understand he has to right now, 
Uh, but as soon as those two guys get fit, especially Callum Hudson-Odoi, Pedro, get out of here. Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley, I, I don't, I, I mean, Ross Barkley remains a mystery. I, I don't know if he's better starting. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I could, I can't tell you about Ross Barkley. Um, uh, Aspie. Aspie, I, I don't know. Is he 2019-2020 Ivanovich? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I hope not. Yeah. But we're, we're I mean, last year we saw the, I mean, last year we were talking about the, we were having the exact same conversation the first, what, five, six games of the season. Then somewhere around October, yep. we stopped talking about him. Somewhere around January, we started talking about how well he was playing. So maybe we're on the same path. But I know for a fact on this yeah, podcast, I'm- we were having the same conversation one year ago at this time. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, saying he was done. A hundred percent. I mean, Aspie for me, like when I look at him and Reese James, I just think, what is Aspie not? Aspie isn't fast. What is Reese James fast? fast. What is Aspie not strong? What is Reese James strong? Reese James is a fucking a tank, tank for sure. Tank, but. The thing, the thing is, you have like obviously it's, it's England, like in the Premier League and in the Championship, you have like a ton of brutes that have like zero talent whatsoever. Reese James is one of the best technical players at this club. He is probably the best crosser of the ball at this club as well. So I mean, like it, it's it's very rare that you get someone built like him. And I mean, in terms of the midfield, I think we're all right for now. Ideally, I, I want my guy Ruben to be back. I, I want my guy great Ruben to be in back the midfield. So I mean, but I mean, once once we got a fully fit starting eleven, ideally, like I can only see us strengthening in like three, maybe four positions. But other than that, I mean, there are a team there that can, you know, be further developed and, you know. Definitely, like, in two, three years' time, start challenging the likes of, you know, Man City and Liverpool, and we'll see how they're doing that time. But, like, the potential is there. I'm not worried about the potential. It's just... A hundred percent. The thing is, the thing is, we just, we need to clear out the Deadwood. And the Deadwood has been, you know, it's it's it kind of represents all of this club's... Like, the transfer strategy, basically, for the past six years is the biggest fuck-up. Like and when you look at like all the shit that's gone down, like players like Marcus Alonso, Danny Drinkwater, Bakayoko, Zappa Costa, those are just four that come off the top of my head. I like I could probably find a ton others. But the thing is, like with all those players, they were brought in just to kind of be there. Like they're nowhere near good enough to play for this club. Nowhere near. And the thing is, they're hogging up the wage bill as well. So yep. once we flock off guys, those people, we promote youngsters and players in those positions. So I, could, for example, for Marcus Alonso, I, we could we could sell him, and we wouldn't need to buy a replacement because we could literally promote either Juan Castillo and Matson, and that's our backup left back. Yep. And in the cup games, they'll get experience and they'll play. And people are going to say, "What?" Why they aren't they aren't ready or something like that, but I mean, Matson played for us in preseason and he more than held his own. He was very comfortable and looked like he was an established left back already. 
So I mean, we're still I mean, dealing with the loss of Ryan Bertrand. Ryan Bertrand could have easily been. Yeah. He could have easily been, and we didn't have to buy, you know, Marcus Alonso. We we yeah. had Ryan Bertrand, and 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 Ryan Bertrand would have been coming in. Um, you could have been. You, he would have been a, a more senior player. And here comes Matson. Here comes Juan Castillo right behind him. And that's money yeah, in the I house. Mean, we wouldn't have had to buy all these guys. The only the one of the only good signings of the Conte era was probably Emerson, because yesterday, uh, not yesterday, but Son- I mean uh, Sunday. Sunday, he played phenomenal. He played. He was, he was superb. Great. He was superb. He played great. So I mean, Emerson. Emerson was uh, outstanding, and I mean, if Emerson, I've said this before, um, you know. If Emerson can refind his form that he had at Roma, we've got a very, very serious left back on our hands. Yep. And you know, Emerson, Emerson, and um, Reese James. That's you know, that's in the a modern very... age when fullbacks are so so important. That's a very, very strong fullback pairing. Yep. So. Yep. I, I mean, and. <laughs> We're we're gonna be just fine. Um, midfield. I'm telling you right now. I told I sp- when I spoke to Nini, I let him know too. We are gonna be in a position next summer where we're gonna seriously consider it, selling Golo Conte. Seriously, come think about it. When Ruben comes back, what is Frank gonna do? Well. What For is Frank going to do? When Ruben and, and Conte are fully fit, uh, what are we going to do? Because you still got to play Mason Mount. For me, I don't agree. I don't, I mean, I think maybe Mason Mount will play. I just don't think Mason Mount will start our best starting 11. For me, the midfield that's our best starting 11 was the midfield three that we played towards the end of last season, which was Conte, Jorginho, and Walter's cheek. Yeah. And I play them in those exact same positions. I play Jorginho, deep line playmaker, Conte a bit further forward. And I play Ruben at the number um, eight, the eight position. position. Left side. Yep. And we play them. And the thing is, Ruben was getting a goal or an assist every single game. Yep. You know, like that end product is insane. So I just, the thing is, the thing that fucking sucks is obviously his injury. Like if that guy didn't get injured, he would have started on Sunday. Huge. Yep. He would start. He would have started on Sunday, and you know he would have helped. The thing is, these guys are also going to help with our end product and help us get goals. Hudson Adoy gets. We'll get goals. We'll get assists. Ruben will get goals. We'll get assists. Tammy we'll drive the ball forward. Tam. Uh, uh, oh, stop right there! Don't say uh, eh. Don't say eh. Yes, he got bullied off the ball. Yes, he's skinny. He he needs to hit the weight room. However, I was impressed by what I saw. I was impressed. There, he showed me saw, enough I that saw, he needs to. That we can build on. What did you see? I saw. Uh, for me, I mean, I definitely like. I thought Tammy played well in terms of like movement and holding up the ball and link up play. However, in terms of finishing, 
when Aspie crossed that and Tammy just kind of fell down in the box, yes. for me, I'm thinking, if that's Batshuayi, he smells blood. Yes. And he's hacking that ball and it's 1-1. Yes. Or it's 1-0 Chelsea, whatever it was. So, I mean, the thing is, obviously next summer, I think that we will need to buy a top-class striker. And I, I, I think that that's a popular opinion amongst most of the fan base. Um, but for right now, I think we just need someone with Reese James crossing ability, you know, with with the crossing ability that we ha- will have on this team. Batshuayi will score goals. Yes. And I think that in terms of being the most pure finisher and the most gunman-like finisher, that would be him. Because I just, it's with Tammy, like, obviously people didn't see this well, like, on watching at home. But obviously watching Tammy warm up and shots outside the 18, I don't think Tammy scored one of them. Why? To be perfectly honest with you. He hit, I think he hit the post, I think he hit the bar, and then the, the others were just off target. He just Jeez. didn't score in, in the warm up. Jesus. So, like, oh, well. Can't. Like, I've, he looked good to me. Was, he looked, he looked, he looked promising to me. He looked. Well, but the thing is, his he is wearing the number nine shirt at Chelsea Football Club. Whether it's cursed or not, I think that's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I think he's gonna break the curse as well. I I don't think he'll break the curse. However, I think that he has his uses. I just think that he is like probably like a backup or a third choice striker. Because for me, when I'm thinking of a striker, like I'm thinking of you know, what does the striker at the end of the day need to do? Score goals. Score. Michi Batshuayi, he's not going to give you the link-up that Tammy has. He's not going to give you a lot of things that Tammy has. But we just find a way to get the ball into him, and he'll score. So it's not it's not ideal, but at the end of the day, we need to score goals. And for me, Michi is the best guy to do that. Um. And I definitely think, you know, he could rekindle something that he had with Pulisic at Dortmund. I definitely, you know, think that uh, hudson Adoy will help him. You know, we have a very, like, I'd, I'd say we still have a very strong team when everyone is fully fit. Agreed. The problem is we just get these guys back to full fitness as quickly as possible. And we need to get them back as quickly as possible, but we also need to think, like, we can't rush them back in because we can't afford An for injury. any one of these guys to get re-injured seriously. Which I we think Angolo Conde re-injured himself. I think he yeah. re-injured himself. I saw him go down and I saw him start limping around and him just trying to muscle through it. I saw it. So Yeah, Frank the presser at the presser today and said Conte, you know, picked up a small knock on Sunday. So like that wasn't a knock. That's not a knock. Could it's like a you know, a st- in my opinion, a knock is a stub toe, something that is annoying to deal with, but not you know that's gonna hold you out. What I saw was a man that's hurt and that yeah, re-injured I mean, it. That's what I saw. And if you want to define that as a knock, you can define that. To me, that's not a knock. That's an injury. Yeah, I mean, for me, the thing is, as soon as we get all the players back. 
we need to switch to 4-3-3 as quickly as possible because, first of all, like, I, I we need, like, I don't know. It's like, for me, in terms of obviously we have the Super Cup tomorrow, if we could somehow find a way to win, that would be massive for confidence. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to get destroyed. Uh, you got to stay positive, and, my man. You got to stay positive. No, no, no. Because no. we know what happens when I stay positive. It's worth <laughs> psychology. Okay. You got to stay positive. Really, I don't believe in that fucking that bullshit. Got screwed that I don't believe the real in reason. that. I, I, every single game this season, I am going to be insanely negative. And if it starts, if it benefits us and it continues to benefit us on a streak, it's going to stay that way. But <laughs> You're going to bring yeah, the I'm, banners out? You're going to uh, Frank Lampard out? You're going to start the hashtag as a, as a not start it, perpetuate it? Negative in terms, in terms of my predictions. But I mean, yeah, like we looked towards Leicester at the weekend and... It's going to be tough. That's not an easy game. game. And what scares me the most about this whole thing, and um, we'll wrap it up coming up with, uh, I got to ask you about a certain player. We all know who it is when you're talking to two Americans, okay? We already know we're going to talk about Christian Pulisic. But what scares me the most coming up with these run of fixtures that we have is not necessarily the title race because I, I don't I, I never expected us to be in, in a title race this year. You guys already know what my expectations are of the season. As long as we don't get relegated, as long as we win some type of trophy, I don't care which one it is, FA Cup, uh you know, Carabao Cup, Premier League Cup, as unrealistic that is, uh the Premier I should say the Premier League trophy, the Champions League trophy the Europa, whatever the trophy is, as long as we're lifting some sort of silverware, um, you know, some point of the season, I'm good. And we don't get relegated. I'm good. Um, but, well, fuck, what was I going to... Oh, so what I'm worried about is if we go on a string of losses, we already know what the media is going to be like. I don't want the stories to start coming out that oh Roman Abram Roman Abramovich, uh, the Marina, the players, Frank Lampard, they're looking for replacements. Steve Holland, uh, baby, I'm not. I don't want that to happen. So I don't want that to happen. So that's my biggest fear coming yeah. up with these running games that that we're gonna lose tomorrow. We're gonna lose against Leicester. You know, those are three tough teams. Leicester is on the up and up along with uh, Everton. I lump Everton and Leicester in the same as two teams. Mm -hmm. uh, Wolves is another one. Three teams that, yes, they're not in the yeah. top four. Yes, they're not even in the top five. They're not even in the top six. But they'll kick your ass. Any given Sunday, Saturday, whatever, any given match, they're kicking your ass. So I'm, that's what I'm most worried about. Um, yeah. I mean, Sunday, like, three points would be massive, like, if we could get those on the board. Yeah, just, more so for Frank, more so for the story. And we need, we need to get something going. Yep. But I'm looking at the two games after that, and I'm thinking, like, if Leicester, if we beat Leicester, we can go on, we can get, the, we can get nine points from those three games easily, because Norwich, we should be beating them. Sheffield, yep. we should be beating them. 
Yep. So yes. I mean, and we get those, we get those, and then by the time it comes for Wolves Away, which is mid September, I believe. Which, by the way, will be a, a hard, hard game. Very difficult. Um, Wolves are on the up and up. Yeah, um, I, I think, it, you know, Reese and Cal will be back for that game, and Jesus will we need them in that game. Yep. So. Yep. 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 But it's 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 just about getting everyone, getting everyone back, getting everyone fit, not rushing anything, but at the same time trying to find a balance and trying to get the points that we need to get on the board on the board as quickly as possible. Yep. And then I mean. You know, at the at the end of the month, we've got the ch- the Champions League draw coming up. Yep, which is that starts funny in October, right? O- October that starts late September, I believe. The first match is something like that. I know it's coming. I mean, it's coming soon. It's, so it's coming up. Yeah. Yep. So I if mean, we can have everybody ready to go for for coming up yeah. in October, I mean, FA Cup is going to start. The Carabao Cup. We need all the help that we can get. Um. So that brings me to the last talking point. Christian Pulisic. Uh-huh. I think one, it was a mistake not to start him. And two, I'm not, I'm not worried about him. I know you you've not you haven't been a fan of this signing. Um but No. But I'm not worried about him anymore, man. I'm I, I swear to God, it was a couple uh, you know uh, during the preseason. I saw what I needed to see, and I'm not worried about him. And I feel like a it's unfair to even grade his performance on Sunday. But from what I did see, not worried. I'm still not worried. I think he played well. Him and Mason Mount are going to be big contributors to this team. I, I believe it. I think. I think from Sunday. I think you know. Obviously, he he turned Wamasaka that one time, and that was good. Um, in terms of his, the rest of his performance, it, it wasn't that great. But I mean, he had like what twenty minutes in a game where we were three 0 down. Yep. There was no like, uh, we're not, we're not going to judge him off of that anyway. And I totally agree that he should have started because I mean, again, if he had started against you know Wambasaka, like I think Wambasaka is a very good player. But I mean, excellent signing he definitely by them. Got out of more than, yeah, got out of more than you know fucking Pedro. Barkley. Did. Barkley. And he he, he could have. Could have, could have taken a chance, but I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously you mentioned not a fan of the signing, and it's like initially I wasn't, and currently, you know, am I a fan of the signing? Look, for me, when I think of signings at Chelsea Football Club, and I think of like signings of like the caliber of player that we used to sign, you know, we used to sign a Michael Balak or a Deco, that sort of player. And I get that Christian Pulisic is, you know, a young, promising player. And obviously he, he has a lot of potential. I'm just like, I look at it and it's like, what is this club seeing? If you're going to go to Borussia Dortmund and buy Christian Pulisic, why would you buy him when he literally got benched by Jaden Sancho? Why wouldn't you just buy Jaden Sancho instead? Like, for me, like a Jaden Sancho is like... Easily good enough to start for us on the right. By the way, Pulisic is currently good enough to start on the right. On the right, but I'm yes. saying, and if we're trying to build a title-winning squad, Pulisic does not make the cut for me, whereas someone like Jaden Sancho does. So 
what I'll what I'll end it on by saying is I think Pulisic will be a very very good squad player for us. Maybe maybe he'll be the second coming of like Solomon Kalou sort of thing. That's there's nothing wrong with um, that. There's nothing wrong with absolutely that. Absolutely not. No. I, and if he does turn out to be that, I, I'd be happy as long as we sign someone like you know. Obviously, we we have we have our bet, Christian. Of if by some goddamn miracle we sign Sancho and Mbappe or Mbappe and Dembele or whoever, two massive signings next summer. I am getting caliber. a life-size Joshua Banks tattoo. <laughs> uh, on my entire body. We have the bet. I'm going on on record. Yeah. If we sign Mbappe and other pl- and, and, and another player, I will get a Joshua Banks. I'm talking about face will be your face, fingers, arms, everything, everything. <laughs> Hell, I'll even tell the tattoo artist to make me white. I'm going all out, baby. I'm going all out. I'm a man of my I word. Don't. I promise you I will keep my bet. Christian, Christian, you don't trust me. You don't want that last thing, man. <laughs> I don't want to be. I got, if I'm gonna commit to this bet, I'm going all in. If I'm gonna look like you, Joshua Banks, Rogue uh, One, man. I'm gonna look like you. Okay, I'm going all in. I'm going yeah. all in. I mean, like, ah, uh, that's the thing that frustrates me. It's like. Obviously, I, I think it'll change, and I hope it changes now that we have Petter. But I mean, like, I hope it changes. You know, are we seriously, are we seriously like going to Borussia Dortmund and saying, "Yo, give us Pulisic," when you know, Sancho is literally he has the Bundesliga defense on strings, like literally weekly. So it's like, bro, we're not we're uh, not getting we're not we're not getting him. We're not getting Sancho. They're not gonna do. Anything to disturb the investment that is Christian Pulisic. They're not. They're not. They're not going to. They are putting their eggs in the basket. They What they did was they bought for 50 to 60, whatever the number is, whatever Christian Pulisic, they bought yeah. a, a, the American market. Bro, I had on Monday morning a friend of mine who knows nothing of football, nothing, texting me, hey, I see this American kid played during the weekend. Is he good? This guy knows nothing. And he's texting me, asking me. Yeah. And that's after one game. Imagine it, when he scores this. Imagine what's going to happen. How much ESPN is going to pump this kid when he scores his first goal, when he does he this, like- when he does that. Imagine. So they're not going to disturb Marina's yeah. not going to do anything to disturb that unless uh, uh, they, they, Mbappe, uh, Sancho, whoever. Unless you can play striker, you're not coming here to play right wing until you show, until Pulisic does, shows that he cannot be a starting 11 player. That's at least another two yeah, or three I more mean, years. At least three more years. Like, minimum. For me, like everything, like for us to sign Sancho, I think it's obviously much more realistic than Mbappe. But what has to happen is two things: one, we have to have Champions League football for next season. Yes. Two, we need Frank Lampard to write the letter of his life. <laughs> and three, we need to buy a very, very, very nice pen. 
and then I think you know we've got everything set. Oh, four, four. There are four. Have Cho, have Cho deliver it to him. Have his best friend deliver him. That, that, yes. But we need our very good friend Tiggs. If you don't know him, people watch him. His cop. Tiggy Tiggs. We need, we need Tiggs to make the comp of a lifetime, put the Champions League theme behind it, do yes. something, make yes. it the most hype, um, you know, Sancho to Chelsea video ever, and then the deal is done. Let's, let's hope. So, I mean, we as a fan base are already starting with the propaganda, and long may it. it continue. I love it. So The propaganda and, continues. My brother, from your mouth... To the football gods' ears. Let's hope that it happens. Um, Please. Let's hope that it happens. Josh, how do people find you on the Twitter? Well, a while back, if you remember, and I, it's a bit probably because I'm a bit lazy, but you'll remember that SpongeBob meme or where SpongeBob's kind of doing that thing with his weird shoulders or whatever. But yeah, my, 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 at is in that font, if you know what I mean. Uh, so it's at Pessimistic Josh on Twitter. Obviously, you can find me there. Um, you can find me. I'm a co-host on the Fulham Road podcast. One of the top, top podcasts for Chelsea, everything related. Certainly up there with this podcast as well. Absolutely. Don't know if we're hitting this yet, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, you can you can find me there. What's the name you know, of the podcast again? Anything if you want. I'm always open to reply. And yeah. What's the name it, of your people. podcast again? The Fulham Road Podcast. <laughs> My little brother, thank you for coming on to the show. Um, as always, your, 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 your family... As always, thank you for for being the very first guest on the podcast for when I said, hey, guys, uh, you want to be on my podcast? And you're like, yeah, sure. I would love to be on, my, on, on your podcast. I'll be forever grateful to you for that. Thank you for being the very first person to, to fly out to Miami to, to, to come and hang with your boy. Josh, you are nobody. Nobody takes those titles away from you, man. You're the very first one. Yeah, man. It's been Thank a pleasure. You, Thank you, bro. All right, everyone. This is the end of the interview. What up? 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 Your boy is back. Uh, thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you again. I I swear to God, I gotta figure out how to learn how to uh, how to talk. I, I it, it, like this cannot continue. This cannot continue. Jumbling my words, just not pronunciate, pronunciating, not pronouncing the words correctly. This has to stop. This has to stop. When am I gonna learn how to speak? Unbelievable! Fucking hell. All right, everybody, that was uh, the homie Josh, and I want to thank him again. Um, I want to thank you guys as well, the listener, for putting up with me, for being understanding when the podcast comes out a little bit late. Um, I know you guys want to hear and consume all the content, all the media immediately after matches. Don't worry. This week was a little bit special. But um, 
that's it. I'm not going to continue ranting along and just rambling along. I'm going to get you guys in and out as quickly as possible. And that's all I got. Um, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed this one. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Um, real quick before I end it. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter. Or, well, I'll give you the whole story. Even though it happened on Twitter. So, if you guys are not, if you don't know who um, Troops is. Troops is a personality that appears on Arsenal Fan TV. Now, I know what you're thinking. He's like, what the fuck does Arsenal Fan TV have anything to do with Chelsea? Just give me a minute. I'll explain. So, Troops is a living meme. Comes out on Arsenal Fan TV. We all make fun of him. We all laugh at him because he's very, very, very animated after Arsenal loses, has very uh, opinionated um, takes on the matches, on the games, and of Arsenal in general. But his passion is there. You can tell this man is very passionate about his club. So he just announced on Twitter that he is going to be in the newest uh, game of FIFA. FIFA has like a little version, like a little mini game, like FIFA Street inside the game, inside uh, the new FIFA 20 called Volta. And he's going to be announcing the matches that happen in the city of London. Think about what I just said. A dude, a fan of a rival team, yes, but a fan like you, like me, who because of his passion for this game, is now going to be in a game that we all loved and continue to love growing up. Think about that. Bro, like, I keep telling you guys this. I keep telling you guys this, and you don't want to believe me. You don't want to hear me. Anything is fucking possible. There's no reason why you can't go after your dreams. None whatsoever. Anything is possible, and we consistently have people in our lives that we see from afar or uh, in our personal lives that just go out there and get their dreams. Yeah, it might take the long, you know, it might take a long time. Don't worry about time. Worry about the grind. Worry about the vision. Time will pass. The, 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 the earth will continue rotating around the sun. The earth is going to continue spin. The sun will rise and the sun will set. Time will always go by. It's what you're doing with that time. Guys, fucking believe in your dreams as crazy as they may be. And I will be there to support you. I fucking love each and every single one of you. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Shit, I'm going to talk to you guys in another hour. I'm going to record another episode. Um, I love each and every single one of you. Please, if you're not following me on Twitter, All American CFC on Twitter, All American Chelsea on Instagram. Uh, make sure you're following me and, you know, send me a message. So I love each and every single one of you guys. Thank you for everything you do. I'll talk to you again soon. Big kiss. Mwah. Love you guys. Later. Only love's no good, they know that there's a more best truth. 
Cause as I close up, bet you left with thunder and stick I'm surrounded by two lips, got me about two clips Got me about two scripts, fill up with cocks Smoke up us all around my fucking body I murdered this bitch, nigga, my D.I. Shot them to got the shovels that we taking on night Who yeah, in the caddy, told them shot the light right Cause I'm digging it, conquers what was a good day Has turned into the usual bag and no black like a funeral Cops through the motherfucking seven Six bodies drop, but nobody with the heaven Block stay high when I'm creeping with the weapon Gotta keep the pills in me all because of my depression City of the crest around him with a smith and Wesson Got a motherfucker guessing when I hit him with the blessing Two shots to the dome, six shots in the chrome All shot through your own, now that's a crime zone S-U-I-C-I-D-E Scarecrow creeping with Uzi Lucifer, please come save me Throw crucifixes at my feet Walking through the depths of hell Watching as the ocean swell Grapevine 9, that's Los Cartel Nothing but death in every cell Contemplating, vacating without you, I doubt you the one I could be wrong, I could be sprung, I could be dumb I could be dumbfounded, well-rounded Plus a heck and that reputed, she knew it, she blew it like Nintendo You heard me, sum me up by the Kirby, my dick game on me strong My only hope is my song go on for long This life ain't promise, what do you accomplish? What you think about inside of your apartment? You working for nothing, you worthless, bitch Yeah. 